0: This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv.
1: Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker episode 84 recorded on the 1st of November 2015. On today's show is Camp Right For You, considering a full-time commitment to the summer camp industry. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored by GoCamp Pro. In a lot of ways, GoCamp Pro was built just for directors like you, people doing it all themselves. We designed this by asking ourselves, what resources do we wish that we had during our time as directors? The material will be helpful to those in their first five to seven years of directing, but so much of it fits for camp directors who are looking for ways to make their camp life easier. To see Travis's quick overview of GoCamp Pro, go to gocamp.pro forward slash inside. We hope you enjoy the Campbacker Show.
2: Hello camp pros and welcome to the Camp Hacker podcast and welcome back to our new season for fall of 2015 and 2016. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog and a podcast about making camp better for everyone at camphacker.tv.
3: Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the director of camping services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year round camp conference education facility up in the Catstow Mountains of New York. Uh, This was just my uh, 19th summer working in summer camp.
0: My name is Gabrielle Rail. I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains of Quebec, and this is my many years at, at camp. Nice nice one with the mask there, Dan. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my name is Joe Richards. I'm the executive director at Pierce-Williams Christian Centre, which is a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located in Fingal, Ontario, which is about halfway between Detroit and Toronto, and this was my uh, uh, 12th, 11th summer here. Yeah, good math, Dan. I can't do math.
2: (laughs) Well, I want to welcome back my three co-hosts. It's nice to have the gang all here for the first show of the season, Uh, and we're so grateful to you who are watching this on YouTube and listening to it on your phones as you travel. Um, We're excited to bring you another great season of high altitude thinking about summer camp and what we do as camp professionals. It's a, a great topic today, actually proposed by Beth Allison, Gab's co-host of the Camp Code podcast, also someone special to me. Um, she wanted, she suggested that we do a series on. Um, understanding what it means to be a camp professional and all the things involved in that. So the issue we're going to talk about today is the question of, is camp right for you? And is camp right for you really is for those who are considering camp as a year-round profession, a year-round job. And um, what are the things that you should consider to evaluate whether or not it's right for you? And I I think it's a great topic. It's it's really interesting. One of the things that I know is hard for almost every person who moves into the full-time realm of camp is the surprises about what the job becomes when you become full-time. And so I think it's important to address this soul-searching in a way with a bit of open eyes. So we hope the series will address that and we hope that um, this question in particular will allow you to start to consider camp with open eyes and what it means. And so Dan... If I start with you, when you think of someone who's considering this career, what would be your advice for how they could evaluate whether camp is right for them?
3: Yeah, you know, um, I, it's funny. I have this conversation a lot. Um, we have, uh, since we're a year-round facility, we have quite a few young professionals. Uh, by young professionals, I mean just recently co- graduated college and are, are starting this as their career. And so um, we talk a lot about um, what it looks like to have longevity in here. Um, and one of the things that we initially had the conversation with is, um, is, is how important is kid time to your day um, is really a question that i ask a lot of people Uh, because um, uh, when you start moving into a year-round role uh, nine months of a summer camp um, uh, prepping um, you're often not getting the interactions that you have during the summer and people don't think about that. They, they think that, Oh, it's just summer camp year round and it's a happy in the office. And then, um, you know, I, th- we often hear the term camp sick. And I tell people the weirdest feeling is to get camp sick when you're, you're a at a summer camp, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it, it does happen. So, um, uh, you know, really uh, paying the picture accurately of, of, would you rather be more of a specialist where you get to interact with kids and teach, all day long, or would you rather be more on the the leadership side where you're hiring the staff and you're building the team and you're being behind the scenes and how they're two different skill sets and how you can appreciate both and you can have both skill sets, but you need to be happy with with whatever one you primarily go with. So I've watched some people um, choose camp as a career and have done a great job of working and teaching outdoor education for nine months and then switch into a, a seasonal director role at a camp and just do that for years. And that is how they've done their career, and that's how they want to live their life, and it's fantastic for them. And I've watched some other people where they, they want to climb the ladder, and they eventually they want to go from a, um, assistant activities or a program director all the way to owning their own camp and they're eager to to do it but you really kind of need to establish right off the get go if you're going to make this a career which one, which track makes you most happy and which one you're most invested in Um, you know and um, some of it will play to your skill set and feedback you've gotten from people but that's often where we first start with the conversation is is are you, do you enjoy the leadership part or are you more enjoying the kid interactions teaching specialist uh, part of your job and
2: that, that you know, sort of tracking of your, your, your future and considering that heartfully is so important because you may be at a very small organization that doesn't have year-round staff or that doesn't, I mean, doesn't have year-round program staff. So you yeah. may have to yes. consider the fact that if you want to do that, you have to leave the camp that you grew up at or the camp that you've grown to love in order to find that job where you get to be a program specialist year-round and have daily interactions with kids. If that is... The thing that gives you the most pleasure in this job is seeing kids grow and breaking through those tough kids and, um, you know, getting them to take risks that they wouldn't take anywhere else. Then you may have to leave the place you love to find that job so that it is full time because you may not be like even if there's a full full time directorship in a small camp, you might be the one person in the whole place that works year round and you don't get to. Be the program person you're around in that you may have to leave um, to find the job that you truly love. And I think yeah. it's and important. It's okay. Go, yeah, go ahead.
3: It's okay to miss it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I sit in my office, I watch school groups all day long and I miss it, mm-hmm. but I, I know that I enjoy what I'm doing. You know, it, 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 it's, um, I enjoy the behind the scenes, the prep, the getting things lined up. I enjoy the business end of things as well, too. But it's important to, to know if it, that what's if the business ends gonna make you miserable being at a desk, is gonna make you miserable for nine months. Then you, you know, you need to to really delineate what track you're on.
2: Right. And if I can keep going for just a second, and before I go to to Dan and Joe or to Joe and Gab, I'm sorry. Um, one thing that that thought that that brings up for me, Dan, is that it's important in asking yourself, this question is camp right for me, that you're in love with the job and not the place. Um, yes. which is sort of a, you know, it's just a follow up to what I, what is saying. But um, if you love your camp, um, you could love your camp, but still be miserable working there year round. If it's not, um, if it's not the right job for you, if you've just taken it because you don't want to leave your camp. And so asking yourself, what does it mean to do this full time? What am I willing to sacrifice to get to do this full time may mean, um, do I love the camp and therefore the job, you know, then having a Loving the camp may mean you don't get the job that you want, um, which could make you miserable. So, um, Gab, how about for you? What do you think people should consider um, when you're asking themselves, is camp right for me?
0: I think, uh, again, I think it it echoes a little bit what Dan was saying is, um, you know, what track do you want to take and what what really gives you um, satisfaction at the end of the day. And uh, for a lot of camps, there isn't a year long program, but there's year long work that needs to get done and if you're the type of person that gets energy from being around a lot of people most of your job will actually be probably on your own or with a very a much smaller team yeah. and um, so that sense of community and sense of satisfaction by you know interacting with others is very limited um, to the summer and probably spring uh, season so it's it's really what makes you what makes you happy and there's all of that grunt work that goes on behind the scenes and And it it is a good way is is to go up through the ranks and try uh, out different positions and and keep checking in with yourself and seeing, is this what I'm, is is this still, am I still excited? Am I still, um, you know, energized by what I'm doing? Um, Is this feeding me? And and I really think it has to go back to how you're experiencing your job and not the impact that you're making on others. If you're liking what you're doing, then you're probably in the right place. Um, But if you're struggling, then that, that requires an evaluation, but I, you know, I don't think you you know until you actually try. And, um, and you know, I remember probably a lot of us remember maybe even being in our houses or apartments, or some of us are are still there um, as camp directors. That's where your office is, is in your home, and um, it's such a culture shock from going from the summer where you have you know two hundred plus people to being maybe two people, and. Uh, and just how you deal with that, but there's a you know a whole other reality. It's such a both worlds are such a juxtaposition from the other, and uh, it's just doing it and, and trying it out and seeing if that works for you, you know, and seeing if you're yeah if you're happy doing that.
2: What do you think, Joe?
4: I think that that people are really. Summer camp often happens in our life when we're very impressionable, mm. and we're impressionable at that young age, sometime between you know t- being a teenager and being a young adult at twenty. and And a lot of people think that if this is what if they have a mentor, especially if they see someone who's doing foot camp full time, a lot of times they can they can think of the magic and what they want to do. I I always encourage my staff who are interested to to try more camps. Don't stay at your home camp, right? You need to, to understand whether camping is for you, you're going to need to go to many camps and you're going to need to, you know, to find out what, what works for you. And, um, and oftentimes it's, it's better to leave the memories of your home camp just as that as memories. I think the challenge is, and Travis, you said it, you know, the location and place, right? If you're in love with your camp, that doesn't mean that that's what where you should be full-time the reality is if you want to choose camping you need to think about what you want to create right right so the the belief is that um if you stay in the same place you you're very you sometimes can be hemmed in by being the only person on a small in a small facility or by a board of directors that isn't forward-thinking or visioning. The reality is, as if you want a longevity in camping, as Dan said, you really want to create something special um, and something that's not relying on you, right? So no matter where you go in camping, you want to create something that can live beyond you. I think that, you know, a lot of people, when, when they think about camp, they think about all the good things, but they don't think about those challenges that many, many camp professionals have, the relationships that are sacrificed for being at camp, mm-hmm. right? I know a friend of mine travels up the, the middle of June for our Canadian summers and gets back the end of September and leaves his, his wife and his kid at home for the summer, and that's just not easy long term on yeah. any relationship new new camp directors often suffer from that lonely factor as well right the idea that it's lonely at the top there's no one to talk to yeah. there are very few people to talk to through that it's it's you know i think the question when if i was to counsel staff and i have i'd say well what do you want yeah do you want that kid time do you want the the outside do you want because we're not going to be outside every day we're going to be sitting at an office desk if you want to be outside every day i can hire you as a camp maintenance person right um but then you're going to turn surly and mean and so we don't want that for you and um you know and then the other thing is a lot of times we make these choices as i said when we're young we, we get this vision that camp is what we want to do but you need to be prepared for what happens when you get it right like you need to have a plan, not just because oftentimes we talk about the plan is let's let's be a full time camp director that sounds awesome but what do you do once that happens right that's where you need to create something more and I think that um, I think that if you have a longer a longer vision and 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 plans, you're better set up to succeed in camping long term and and to be able to grow other people right so a lot of people get into camping because they want to work at camp the rest of their lives
2: mm-hmm.
4: but but the experience they have is working at during the summer at camp right and and the reality is as we become camp professionals our job is to grow other leaders and to delegate tasks which we might want to do but we're not going to do right when i hire a program director i let them Determine how the program is going to be, because if I wanted to be program director, I would just make myself program director. But that's not my role, right? So, it's. It, I think it's a fine balance of learning where your roles are and understanding all of those things that can, can go horribly wrong, because we all know, as the four of us, we all know camp people who have not survived relationships, and, yep, and um, and and have chosen camp over those relationships and. That is what it is to that person, right? It's neither right nor wrong in my mind.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Joe, bringing up relationships goes into um, something I really wanted to bring up, which is time. Um, this is a career that demands a lot of time, um, and it, uh, when you're when you're starting in the career, um, it can feel like a give and take. Um, um, But when you get older, it can feel like a tug of war. Um, It really can feel like it's um, pulling you and you need to figure out how to best manage your time. Um, Not only just being efficient, but also just knowing what is the bigger priority in, in work and life. Um, uh, it, this this job requires a very flexible schedule, not only on you, but whoever you're with. Um, and that could be family. It could be your parents. You know, like uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten angry at family for having a summer, a wedding during the summer. Yep. I'm like, oh, and really five hours from here? How am I supposed to get there yeah. and back in one day? Like, I can't do that. And it sounds absurd. Um, but at the same point in time, um, you need to kind of recognize that. At the, there, It is possible to make this stuff work, but you need to be at the right place with the right people and to create that culture. So you just need to understand that time ends up being your most precious commodity um, in this role, which you might be willing to give a ton of in your 20s, but when you hit your 30s, um, you don't want to give that much time of, and then when I mean, you hit your forties, you might want to get more. You know, like it's, it, it changes as as you grow. But the uh, but it, it requires a lot of time, um, which is a, a beautiful thing because you could it feels rewarding because you put so much time into something. But it's also uh, dangerous because you put so much time into something that you, the rest of your life went by. You know, so it's it's difficult in that sense uh, to just. That's a, you know, but it doesn't mean you can't change things as you get older. Um, mm-hmm. it's just something to be cautious of. Yeah.
0: I think, I think it's, I think what you're also saying is, is, uh, is, is you have to leave the, the sparkly sugar coating at the door when you, if you decide to, to take on this job, because as Joe said, uh, a lot of us, when we, we enter into camp, we're very impressionable and it, it does, it is life changing. Um, and that's 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 what's great about camp however the the job the full-time job can't be um it can't be your life changing it has to be part of your your day-to-day and um you know so you do have to leave the sparkly and the sugar coat and it's going to be fabulous at the door um and and i think that and that your realistic your expectations are realistic and that um um, those really magical moments are going to happen. Very, very few in between because uh, and Dan had mentioned before our podcast. A lot of the time, a camp director's role is is dealing with the one percent problems and issues um, that you don't generally uh, get to deal with, yeah. and uh, the, the whole aspect of time. Um, before you know it, you will have given so much time, and uh, you know things pass you by because it, it can you know just take over like a lot of small businesses can yep. um your life so it it is about being aware and uh realistic and having people around you help you reflect on that um, you know why are you doing this for what reason what are you gaining from it and uh you know is this is this what you really want to do
3: I, I often joke that um, uh, no one ever comes up to you and says, "Oh my God, this kid's behaving so well. This is so awesome." <laughs> no one ever. <laughs> that never happens. Um, you have to go seek it. You have to yeah. really make it um, your time, your focus to go find that. But uh, but yeah, that's that's part of being in a role in a leadership role. You know, if you're in a specialist role, then you will you will have those moments all the time. So
2: yeah. And as a director, you can get better at. Asking your staff to share those moments with you. I think we were pretty good at it. So, you know, a couple of times a week, someone would come to the office and say, so can you come out? Um, The kids have something they want to show you or something's really cool going on. I think you need to go to the beach. And you're like, oh man, I've got so much. Yes. (laughs) So much to do, but I'm leaving because if I don't see these moments, they don't, like it's a privilege to get to see these moments in this job. And that's, that's why that what makes it better, makes it possible to do the job the next day.
0: Yeah, and I think as camp directors, that's a very important, um, or camp professionals, that's mm-hmm. a very important life lesson, and that's something you want to teach your leadership team, and um, I think that, you know, as a camper, you know, counselors, they coordinate the fun, they coordinate the magic, and then uh, staff members get to experience that magic, uh, you know, with the campers, and then the further you get away, the further you get into management, the less you're, you're part of that. And, um, that's a wonderful, uh, life lesson for your leadership team to, to start to learn is how to, you know, leave the computer and connect. how do you do that daily? You know, I love standing in uh, the lineup with the kids before they go in for, uh, for meals and like chant, like, let us in. What is this? The bureaucracy. And we're like, you know, it's fun they <laughs> get into it. But like what, you know, what do you do, uh, to connect with the campers, that's that's a great thing to, to teach your to teach your staff that are in management. Um, but I think also, it's there's so much of it that will be dealt with. You'll be dealing with parents throughout the year. You'll be dealing with marketing, interviewing. Uh, you know, just there's so much that is the, the actual being on camp is a very small part of it.
2: Yeah, I, I think that question that you ask yourself that Dan talked about. I, something that um, that I've been going through my head is a way to to self-evaluate whether you are a programmer or an administrator um, is an administrator I don't mean just doing the books I just mean someone who goes on to be you know in charge of hiring and and big picture things one of the clues it's not the only indicator one of the clues for me is whether you're at camp for the kids or you're at camp for the staff Um, and I kids are fun i like being around kids it was a really fun job being a counselor but as soon as i moved into leadership i knew that i was there for the staff and that for me was a personal indicator that i was um although i enjoyed being a programmer i'm i'm an administrator type because i was enjoyed being there for the staff i enjoyed setting them up to succeed and um i got in big fights with my board on two occasions because they thought I should be more hands-on with the kids and I said no way my job is to make this stuff great because they're going to be there with the kids every moment and I just can't so yeah. I think that's a good evaluation self-evaluation
3: my, my staff call me dad. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's partly because I, I have a, a little kid, but I mean, um, I, I like I, I treat them like my kids. And then I and I hope that they treat their kids as well as I'm treating them, you know, and, and that's how that's how I've shifted my paradigm is to truly appreciate them. Yeah.
2: Joe, are there any more questions that come up for you?
4: There's not there's not a lot more questions that come up for me. I just. It, it a lot of it is self exploratory as well meaning that you don't at 20 you might very well be a programmer versus administrator but that can change right yep. if if you're forced into a role where you're going to learn those skills you might grow into those skills and have that ability while still being a great programmer and and some of the best camp directors i know it's it's being a jack of all trades and 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 being able to do all of those things right um, with some degree of competency, um, I just the the industry is I think the industry is bigger than we um, than youth would think. Meaning right. that a lot of times, if you've grown up at camp, you think that well, there's one camp and I see one full time job, and 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 the reality is. Like, when I was in Australia, I was floored by how big the industry is in Australia. If you want to be an outdoor programmer for the rest of your life, move to Australia, right? Like, you can have that job and not do any administrative yeah. stuff. Um, and so... California is similar, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's partially just to having that knowledge. And, and it's funny because I think back to when I made the decision to work in camping full-time, and I uh, my, my dad is a tomato farmer, and... And he said, "You can work in camp full time." And I said, "I'm I'm pretty sure I can, <laughs> right? Like, I simply didn't know because I didn't know anybody who was full time in camping at that point. So, it, it's uh, it's an ongoing challenge. But but it really is right. Is this the right thing for you, or is this a great memory that you should just leave be and and move on with the rest of your life?" Yeah. Yeah
2: i think a couple things you can do to make it easier make the decision easier for you is to talk to your current camp and see if you could do things like um shadow someone on standards visits Uh, We used to always and it was it was a privilege to get asked, but we would try to always bring one or two senior staff that we knew had some potential to be in rec full time. Um, Whether it was camp or not, we would take them on standards visits with Beth and I because we ended up doing two standards visits a summer. And that is the same thing that Joe talked about, getting to see other camps in action. It's hard to do when you're a summer camp staff person, Um, but even to do like Jack and Laura did and go camping coast to coast. And visit over a hundred camps. Um, they are able to work full time in camp at a really young age, doing projects that they love because they invested two years in um, seeing how camps run and taking the lessons from that, and um, you know, and doing that. Now they're now they're running their own camp uh, in their mid twenties because they took the time to learn and I that's probably one of the biggest takeaways for me if you don't love to learn you cannot succeed in this job you can't move from seasonal to to full time without a love of learning
0: a hundred percent because you end up having to do so much than what you've been trained for and you you yeah uh, that is a absolutely a hundred percent and I think that also um when you When you own and run a camp or you're if you're in a position of uh leadership um is to look at those staff members that might be staying around because they love the camp and they and and they don't know how to go and look at other camps and uh one of our you know amazing staff members who was full time with us you know uh we're a small we're a small organization there was no more place you know for her to to go and and grow um she did have a full time job but she, she you know she wanted more experience and and we helped her find that experience, and, and she was able to go and work at another camp in, in the states, and that's, that's something that's very exciting. And, but it does give you that op- it's not about the camp that you grew up at, it's about the industry and, and you know helping uh, move the industry forward, you know. Um, so giving them those opportunities, introducing them to people, you know uh, is a very important part, I think, in our role as uh, camp professionals.
2: Yeah. yeah get them to to those other places another thing that that this question brings up for me is you need to understand that um you're going to own a shitty used car for many years to come and it's you're going to have the pain in the butt of a crappy old used car that you're always trying to save enough money to put tires on to fix the muffler um Mm -hmm. you just got
3: rid of mine yeah what's that (laughs) i just got rid of mine last year Yeah. yeah
2: yeah um it was it was almost 15 years in this job before we were in a position that we could afford to buy a new car so we just kept having one crappy crap job after another um and so it's just things like that it's like yes camp is worth it to to sacrifice that um some days it is a terrible dredge to have to deal with those kind of problems yeah but Things like we have contractors here who are um, fixing up one of our one of our bathrooms and I can now go into a, a contractor's job site and I can look around and say, OK, here's the things that need to be finished. Here's the things that that weren't done right or weren't, um, you know, weren't finished properly. And I can see that that's sort of stuff that I can do because I was a camp director. Um it's just little things. Contracting is not necessarily going to be something you're interested in, but it's going to be a skill that you develop an understanding of in this job. Totally. Yeah. What are some other skills? That will be my last question, I think, for you. What are some other skills that people would be surprised that you get out of this job?
3: Um, I think I think uh, going into it full-time, uh, at an administrative level, you need to appreciate the business end of things. Mm-hmm. You need to have... Um, uh, uh, wanting to learn how to market, um, I think you need to n- um, need to know how to do reta- uh, do sales in some aspect. Um, uh, if not, um, understanding of uh, retail, um, uh, you know, you're you're selling camp um, to to fill the beds, and if you don't have your beds filled, then you don't have the money to do your mission. Um, if you're not a profit camp, it's as simple as that. And if you're a profit camp, then you just don't more income you know yeah, it's, yeah. Um, there is it is a business at the end of the day and you need to be able to appreciate that and not look at it as an evil but know that the work you do on the business side of things the money you save on your program supplies will end up affecting the kids in a positive way so you need to understand that concept um, that your work ha- it may not always directly go trickle down to the kids but it does make your camp better and, uh, and appreciate it
2: right how about for you, Joe? What are what are some of the lessons that um, that people might be surprised, or or skills that people may be surprised that you do get out of this?
4: Well, I think, like you said, the the idea of being a project manager for for work sites. Um, you know, the budgeting for the business. I think they'd be surprised at how much you know about human resource and human resource (laughs) law, um, right. As you work through terminating people. And as you work through what the, all of the rules about pay and, and those things, the fact that I know how to, um, I learned graphic design simply because camps are too cheap to pay for someone to do graphic design. So I just taught myself, um, I think the other things I really recognize over the past couple of years, in addition to what Dan said, is um, big picture thinking, right? The the idea that um, we often talk about this phrase um, on a need-to-know basis, and in all reality, very few people in an organization know everything and how it fits into the big picture. But uh, that is certainly a skill that you acquire, and if you don't acquire it, you're not going to be in camping for very long. Um, yeah. And then also the idea of vision vision planning, right, and strategic planning so that you have something to move forward to. Yeah. Uh, Gab, was there any other inner skills or things
2: you think that people would be surprised that they'd gain out of this job?
0: Probably working with your local government um, yeah. and then how much that actually branches out. So if, you know, anything from the level of your lake, how high or low it goes, to um you know any anything it's just you're you and you start it start it starts to really branch out then you're starting a committee and you're you know getting you're you're getting people on this board that you've just started, and it's all to benefit you know your site and of course you know plumbing this becomes one of you you become obsessed with the type of toilets you're going to use and, <laughs> and it's something that most people wouldn't think about but you get yep. all excited about water systems. My wife
3: makes fun of me because every time we go on vacation I'm taking pictures of bathrooms
0: yep. <laughs> I, I could flip through my I, sorry, yep. I could flip through my phone and probably the one of the within 10 pictures is a picture of a bathroom and you're also able to fix toilets yep. really really well yep. any place I go I'm like I fixed your toilet that was broken but it's fixed now <laughs> and fully from camp but it's it, you do have to you do have to know all of these things your community um, um, the, your, your legal systems uh, your own rights uh, your staff's rights your kids' rights all of these and, it, and it's, it's a, such a massive learning curve um, and I, that goes back to what you were saying Travis you, you need to really want to learn um, And it, but it's exciting like it really is exciting you do get to learn this stuff and it's, it's wicked
2: cool Listen, I think it's been an awesome discussion. I'm really looking forward to continuing the series on. We're planning on doing at least two more discussions on this theme of, you know, what it takes to be a camp pro. And um, so next time we're going to really drill down on uh, how to get yourself hired uh, how to get you how to find the opportunities and um, there's going to be lots of different aspects of that how to prepare um, the experiences that you've had on a resume so people understand it how to find the camp jobs etc etc so uh, thank you to my co-host for a great discussion today I'm um, really grateful I think that um, if you've stuck with us until this point I'm sure you've got Something out of this conversation, and if you have, we would be so grateful if you would go to camphacker.tv/slash iTunes and um, leave us a review there. Um, Be totally honest, we're not looking for fives, just we're not asking for fives, we're asking for you to be honest. But if you found some value in what the panel has been sharing today, then I hope you'll take the time and go to camphacker.tv/slash iTunes and leave us a review. All right, then, it's time for us to move on to our tool of the week.
4: Tool of the week. If
2: you're new to the Camp Packer podcast at this episode 84, um, we hope that you'll go check out our back, uh, our back issues, the, the issues in this podcast really aren't all that date related. So there's not a lot of them that have gone stale. There's so some great, great thoughts and sharing with this panel and many others that we've had. One of the things that we consistently get feedback is how much people love the tool of the week. And uh, so it's a privilege to get to share something that we have used, tried out, um etc that makes us a better camp director and i think you'll be surprised at the breadth and depth of the tools of the week so we're excited to offer that to you in every show what i want to do is start with joe and joe talk about your tool if you would please
4: my tool of the week is essentially a um a gmail inbox setup system um, the link on the page will go to a Lifehacker article called This GTD Workflow is How I Finally Got My Email Inbox Under Control. As I was thinking about what tool to give, it's it's often uh, right in front of you. You use it every day and you simply forget that you use it. And that's the best kind of tool there is. I know that for um, my email inbox has never been one of those crazy inboxes it has like a thousand emails in it but I like to know that I'm dealing with things and oftentimes if you continue to store it in your inbox that's not a really great um, storage solution um, this builds off of the David Allen method of getting things done and so essentially it lets you break with no, no add-ons this is all done through Gmail um, you can add so my inbox currently is empty and then on the um, it splits the screen. So on the on the, uh, the right side of the screen, I have um, the labels. So I use a labeling system. So needs action slash reply sits so at about ten messages right now, and those are things I need to take action on. There's a waiting reply, which I can see is at two messages. There's scheduled. I'm off to Brazil in a week, so I have some scheduled things there, where plane tickets or conferences or whatnot go into scheduled. I have four messages, and then delegated are things I've sent to someone else um, to deal with and I'm waiting their reply. And I can see all of those nicely on the, the right side of my screen without my inbox being full of all of those things. Um, and it's, it literally took maybe 15 minutes to set up with labels and you have to get used to labeling. And it works in any Gmail account, um, but the stars, the label, sorry, so it's stars, not labels. Um, the stars don't always work on um the gmail google for whatever reason hasn't allowed you to change the star type on mobile but uh i'm over that have been for a year i've been using this probably for since i first saw the article which would be early last january and uh it's brilliant i love it awesome a great tool
2: how about you gab
0: Uh, My tool of the week is uh, basically how to uh, clean your camp boats, uh, Mm. specifically your sailboats. Um, So if you want to look sparkling clean, and and there's probably so many solutions out there, but I found this one to be the best. That actually works really, really well. And it's a mixture of... um, Mr. Clean and CLR, um, I think it's mold and mildew stain remover Right. and, um, CLR is, uh, Mr. Clean is kind of abrasive, so you don't want to press too hard, but with the CLR uh, mildew spray, it just, it comes, your books, your boats will look absolutely brand new. It's crazy. Right on. And there's a video You can check it out. Cool. Um, not ours, but it was on
2: YouTube. Right on. Um,
0: it works great. We did it at the end of the season. So it worked out really cool.
2: Perfect. And for you, Dan?
3: Um, I uh, have the, uh, my tool is the Harvard, uh, sorry, Harvard Business Review Idea Cast. It's a mm-hmm. podcast that's done weekly. Um, and it's, uh, it's, most of them are roughly like 15 minutes long, but I've just found some really great things that I'm able to implement into staff training and keep myself fresh um, uh, from it. So there was one recently, um, I'm just looking, um, uh, like two weeks ago, on, uh, it was Your Office Hidden Artists and How to Work with Them. And it was the perfect analogy for working with camp counselors it was it was great um i i'll probably put on the summer camp pros facebook group at some point but it's uh um it yeah i just i'm constantly listening to podcasts and it's just it's nice it's it's not too long and it's often ideas of things i'm not thinking of and uh, i could often relate it back to camp in some way so
2: amazing um, so, we're going to put the links to all this in the show notes. So, if you go to camphacker.tv slash podcast, you'll find the show notes from this and every other show. Um, and so, you can find that. And we'll have Matt, who's our editor and producer, um, we'll have Matt find that exact episode and put it in the notes. So, go check out camphacker.tv slash podcast. Good one. Um, Dan and I have had some good discussions about good podcasts recently. So, I'm sure there's lots more tools of the week buried in that discussion somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, I will say that mine is... is a personal comfort item that I think in surviving all of this, it's important to carve out some time for personal comfort. And, um, I will give Joe full credit for this idea in a discussion that he and I were having with, he and Beth were talking about tea and I was hovering. And, uh, so this comes out of this. So Daniel might like this one a lot too. Actually, both of all three of you like tea more than I do. It's funny that this is my pick, but, um, it is the Breville Automatic Tea Maker, and uh, there's a link in the show notes. It is the most expensive tea thing you've ever purchased, um, <laughs> but so worth the investment. Um uh,
4: It's tea made with one right now. Yeah, there you go. Joe's
2: giving us good sound effects. Um, It really does make the perfect tea. It makes the perfect cup of tea or the perfect pot of tea. It stores. It can keep tea at the perfect temperature for an extended period of time so that it doesn't get bitter. Um, It really is cool. It's also one of the funkiest machines to watch as it automatically raises and lowers the tea in and out of the water. So it's pretty cool. Um, You'll find that. Uh, link in the show notes in that those little moments of of comforting yourself um, I think that's how part of how you survive Um, I have often thought um, back in a long long time ago when I used to be a smoker that one of the things that smokers have that the rest of us don't is some enforced break in a day is that they are they force themselves to stop whatever they're doing budget 10 to 15 minutes to to step away from it obviously I'm not condoning smoking I'm just saying that some little thing that you can take 10 minutes to do that's not camp related twice a day three times a day is really a, a huge key to longevity and I like to grind my own coffee beans and make good coffee. And that's a 10-minute to 12-minute process for me, but I'm not sitting at my desk. Um, it allows me to think about other things or listen to other stuff and And um, I thought this, this tea maker that Joe had recommended would be um, a great thing for you to have in your year-round office as you're considering your life as a camp pro.
4: So, can I, can I just say, Travis, that I... Um, I have had that tea maker now since uh, Santa Claus brought it to me last Christmas. Mm-hmm. It gets used. Um, I drink more tea now than I ever have, and I <laughs> spend way too much money on tea. But I have no other vices in life. I don't yeah. drink, don't smoke. Well, I don't drink a lot, but um, it, it's it's an amazing product, and I can't I can't tell you how it will change your life if you get one. <laughs>
2: there you go so if you love tea it's a good thing Uh, to start saving for um too bad our american listeners don't have canadian tire money that's a good thing to save up your canadian tire money for um i'll talk more about canadian tire money later that's also a good tool of the week actually um listen i'm i'm so grateful to have the three of you back and to be podcasting again this season it's really wonderful to have smart people to talk about camp with so Thank you all for being here. Um, so, what I'm going to do is just change the clothes a little bit, as a surprise to the three of you, um, just so that we're always trying to make things better. We'll give you a quick close and let you know. Um, if you want to follow Dan, go to danlovescamp.com, or you can follow his work at frostvalley.org. Um, and Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. It's uh, it's great to have your brain. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and Gab, if you want to follow her, check out raildesign.com. Gab is doing some amazing design work for camp people and rail is W W <laughs> I'm just going to make up letters. It's R A I L L design.com. And, uh, you can find her camp at woro.com That's O U A R E A U.com. And, uh, Gab, thanks for being here. We pr- really appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks. And, Joe, you can find at uh, yoyojoe.com or campusbetter.com, Joe, right? Not .org. That is right. Campusbetter.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you about your travels again this year, Joe. Thanks for being on the show. Anytime. Right on. Thank you. So again, go check out our show notes at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Um, If you appreciated the show and want to share it, you could go to camphacker.tv slash love. And if you're a Twitter person, that'll put out a creative Twitter for you that you're welcome to edit, um, but will uh, help us get the word out to other people who are interested in learning about being a camp professional. If you know someone who is um, a brilliant summer staff person who you would like to encourage to... Um, become a year-round pro, we hope that you'll share this episode and the coming episodes in this series. You'll find them all at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Thanks for the evening, friends. The
0: Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. empacker bringing your world into focus